Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I was here about four years ago, was it four? Hi, Sarah. <clears throat> Can we give you a hug, ma'am? Can you come here, please? I was hoping you'd be in service today, because last time I, the last two times I preached, you weren't here. We love you. I preached on love. Who was here last time I preached? I know. Yes. Raise your hand, hold up high. So most of you weren't. So I can teach on that again. I just want to take a good look at you. Take you. Take it all in. You know, it looks different on live stream when you get here in person. You don't see this whole section. So that's why you sat when you were here last time? I'm thinking, where's my wife? Because <clears throat> live stream, I never saw her live stream. You over there. Am I okay? My tie straight, y'all? All right. It's good to be here. <clears throat> I want to talk about love this morning. Go to John chapter 13 with me, please, if you would. You know, the biggest thing that happened to you at the new birth was God put his nature in you. And that nature is love. <clears throat> and you have to on purpose draw from that love nature. It won't happen by accident. You have to choose love. I'm going to choose love over strife. Over offense. You know what offense is? Unforgiveness that gets deep-rooted in you, in a person. And so you have to be quick to forgive. Yes. But John chapter 13, <clears throat> it feels strange not being at my church on Sunday morning. I was looking on my phone to see how they're doing. They're doing offering now. And my son Connor played piano, and my daughter Megan led worship. And that's the first time for them without me. But they have to grow into it. My son Connor learned drums in church when he was a little boy. Then Dylan, then Logan. We have three drummers in our church. And our church is smaller than yours. Most churches have a problem having good musicians. You have a problem with pride. <clears throat> With them want to do their own thing. But you don't have that problem here. Miss Brenda, can you come up here, please? Come here, Jen. I saw something while you were singing. You know what we're going to do? You give a tongue. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Give me your hand. Go ahead. Yamo o sula yishnela yile eko lava eto ukumaata the anointing that's in you because the music I placed in your life in you to bless the body of Christ. It's time for that to increase. Touch your stomach. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase the anointing in Jesus' name. Glory to God. <clears throat> she has a sweet spirit. You know, I'm a, I, we had Miss Sophia come out to my home because I'm always tracking, I'm always recording a new, new CD. And she, sing, she sang on two songs with me, backgrounds. <clears throat> and it was such an honor. She has such a pretty voice. She has perfect pitch. I wanted to say, should we put these songs in your key and just have you sing this album? When we started our church up here 10 years ago, how old were you? Seven? Say again? You're a little girl. Our kids were little. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. John chapter 13, verse 
34. Let me get my glasses on and make sure I'm telling you right. A new commandment I give unto you. Is it a suggestion? He didn't say, try this, let me know how it works out. If not, I'll think of something else. No, it's a commandment to the body of Christ for all time, all ages. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Not hate one another. Not be jealous of somebody else who's being used before you. Your time is coming. Stay faithful. You know, years ago, Satan Satan tried to trip me up with being jealous or intimidated by somebody else in the church being used more than me. It comes to all of us. And the personality of the person at the time, I love them now. But the pers- their personality didn't seem to agree with mine. Satan was trying to get me offended. Right. At the time, our daughter Megan, who was 20 years old now, was only about two years old, year and a half, two years old. And I loved her dearly and still do. You know, the Lord knows how to get his point across to you. I was talking to her whenever, talking to him whenever I talked to this man who I was having trouble with. The Lord would give me glimpses of my daughter Megan as I'm seeing his face. The Lord would show me my daughter. And this kept happening. I'm thinking, am I losing it? Lord, what are you trying to show me? He said, Trevor, I love him as much as you love her. Hmm. So let us not forget the person you're tempted to get offended with, be unforgiving. See, Satan energizes that. God loves that person as much as you love your mom, sister, daughter, brother. And he got his point across to me. So he said, I want you to read first, I want you to read first John the whole book every morning. <clears throat> See, I was saying, Lord, change him. The Lord began to change me. The love nature in you is invincible. The love nature. It will shield you. Protect you. See, I refuse to get offended at anybody about anything. I mean, if, if someone that goes to my church, one of my sheep, <clears throat> stole our vehicle, I would still love them. I'd forgive them, love them, and restore them. Because the vehicle is just a thing. Yeah. But that person is eternal. See, I've made up my mind, and that will never happen, but I've made up my mind that that's how I'll respond before anything can happen. I'm going to love you first. The Apostle John, all the disciples heard Jesus say, a new commandment I give unto you. But he heard it. You know, you can hear a pastor, your pastor teach a certain subject, in church, but you can be thinking about something else. But John heard Jesus. Right. I mean, he heard it like, oh, wow, that's my answer. That's for me. And John made a point to do what Jesus said. He put action to what he heard. And we all have, we all have to make that choice. <clears throat> See, where envy and strife is, there's every evil work. And if you walk in love, you won't let yourself go that way. That love nature in you is God's nature. It's invincible. It's bigger than you know. That love nature in you. I'm I'm going to quiz you guys. What have I said so far? Where is that love nature? Good, you're paying attention. 
The more you respond, the more you pull out of me. That love nature is in you. I'm talking to you at camp meeting, huh? What is your name again? George. George, yeah. It's good to see you again, brother. I always see you in the foyer with your babies. Yes. It's wonderful you come to church with your wife. And without ladies, where would the church be? Amen. I'm telling you the truth. My church too. See, I led worship for decades, and I've seen people come in, the same people come in late. And people want to walk in like this late. <clears throat> Watch this. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Drawing attention to them. No, if you come in late, get to your seat as, and make as little attention go to you as possible don't take worship away from the Lord with you wanting to greet people a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you love each love go to Romans chapter 5 with me I preach this sermon at my church quite a bit because people have to hear it. Can I make this statement to everyone here across the board? Stay with your pastor. Stay in the church. I don't want to come here in four years and three people raise their hand. You were here last time I preached. Make a point to plant yourself, to stay. The grass is not greener on the other side. It's artificial. (laughs) Just stay where the Lord put you. See, Jesus is the Lord of your life. You don't decide to leave where God put you. Raise your hand if you know the Lord brought you here. All right, keep your hands up. He is the only one who's qualified to move you. Not, Not... Offense, um, strife, ambition. Ambition is not of the spirit. Not your flesh. And here's a big one. If your family left, would you go? If If your family, your sister, your mama, or someone gets offended, well, don't take their offense. I had someone I had to deal with, a lady about leaving our church because she wouldn't be submissive. She, would, she wouldn't change in one area that was affecting her. And her brother met with us, and he got upset, and he walked right out my door. I knew I'd never see him again. He took her, her offense after I poured the word into him for four years, her six years. One of the first persons who wanted to come, come up and testify, whenever I had a chance for you people to come up, she wanted to come up and talk and talk and talk about how we helped her, the words helped her to help her, but she wanted to correct us. Listen, it's never your job. Everybody say, it's never my job, never my job. to correct my pastor. Correct my pastor. See, you, you stay in your lane. Yeah. That's your place. Stay in your lane. You don't correct your pastor on spiritual things. Let's just pray for them. If you're trying to correct, you're not praying. Because you protect what you're praying for. You protect people you pray for. But don't take someone else's offense. Have your own relationship with the Lord. In James it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, you're going to work out of your spirit... Everything Jesus put in there, you're working it out. Get it out. What's in you? New nature, the Holy Ghost, the kingdom. You'll spend the rest of your life working that out to benefit you and those who hear you. Work out what's in you. If you're born again, the kingdom is in you. Love is in you. I mean, love is in you. Love is in you. 
It's in your spirit. Jesus put it there at the new birth. Now, now, now follow my, my train of thought here. God is love, right? If you're born of him and the real you is your spirit, what are you? Yeah, that's what you are. When you act any other way, you're acting out of character. Love is in you. Love is in you. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, but because the love of God is shed abroad. How much is it shed? Shed abroad. In our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. If someone's flying overseas, they call it, they're flying abroad. That shows you how far the love of God has been shed abroad in you. It covers every square inch. God didn't give you a little dab of it. Well, you know, I'm kind of running out here, so we'll give him a little bit. No, we all have been, all been shed abroad in our heart. If, we could, if I could unzip you and have you step out, your spirit, which would, all, of, all of it would be love. See, when you leave your body and go to heaven when you die, you leave all the weaknesses of the flesh behind. It's like you unzip and leave. And what leaves is love because that's who you are. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. So when you go to heaven, once you leave this dead, this earthly suit, and you can hear people's testimonies who've had experiences where they've seen heaven or they died and doctors brought them back. That all they experienced was, was a place of timelessness, no fear, love, peace, joy. <clears throat> See, that's all junk. That's all part of the flesh that Satan is tainted. There's a curse on this world. Satan is out there. Your flesh has not been changed yet. So don't trust it. If someone is upset with you, whenever you approach them, don't see them through your flesh. Uh Oh, I got a headache today. That person, I hope they don't do me wrong or say something. Don't look at me. Don't look at me today. (laughs) That's the flesh. Draw up. Give yourself a talking to before you come to church. I'm going to church. I'm going to reflect the love of God. I'm going to let it flow out of me. That's in me. I'm going to... Try that next Sunday instead of your flesh. Really be a Christian. You know, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He also said, you are the light of the world. And your light is love. Let's define it. The more you walk in love, the more you know the Father. Satan knows that. So he attempts to keep you in a life of strife. Don't be a strifer. Believe the best of people. That love nature in you, let it dominate. Especially if you're having a hard time with the flesh, go aside and say... I've been born of love, born of God. I'm going to let love dominate me today. And see how your day will go better. And then message me on Facebook and thank me. (laughs) You know, Pastor, you're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. I've walked this out. See what I was sharing about that man that, on, that I worked with? That's 20-some years ago. But I learned. <clears throat> so I'm going to walk in love with every person I ever meet, ever encounter. 
I'm going to walk in love towards them. So the biggest change that happened in you since you got born again was what? God put the love nature in you. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, that, well, there's a song that came out in the 80s. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. And we are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, how will they know you're Christians? Yeah. Jesus said, they'll know you're Christians if you have love once for another. So a believer in a church, you should never run your mouth against anyone. If you are, stop that. You're going to hurt your own life. You're going to hurt yourself. See, it might not show up next week, but five years from now, if you're doing that and you don't repent, message me on Facebook and tell me how it went. I can tell you how it's going to go. Am I helping y'all? The love of God is in you. What's in you? Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't behave itself wrong, unseemly. It never boils over with jealousy. It's not vainglorious. You're so vain. Well, that's, that's not love. Vain is you think everything's about you. The world revolves around you. No, it doesn't. When you die, the earth will still go around the sun. <clears throat> I love something my spiritual dad, doctor, your friend used to say. When you die, they'll get a new hero. He was talking to preachers. He said, put aside something to support you and your family because when you die... You're going to leave something for your wife and kids because people will get a new hero. That's true. Just keep living. Yeah. Go up me to 1 John chapter 4. Your pastor has encouraged me to write a book about love. And the more I think about the, the the more peace I have about it. See, I know how to produce and write songs. But I haven't written a book, so it's a challenge. But the Holy, the Holy Ghost will lead me. First John 4, 7. When you get there, say amen. amen. If you're not, say, oh no. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth him. He that loveth not, look at that, doesn't put that love in action. Knoweth not God, for God is love. So that verse is telling me the more I love, the more I'm going to know who God is. The more I walk in love, the more I know who God is, because I will discover how he loves people, how he deals with them. He deals with them from love. Praise the Lord. You'll never have to repent because you walked in love. You'll never need 1 John 1 9. That's for when you miss it, you and your flesh, or your emotions, or your mind, or all three. You've been here a while, haven't you, brother? You were here last time I came, weren't you? What is your name? Thomas. Thomas. Good to see you again, brother. 
You smile a lot. That helps the preacher. <laughs> no preacher likes looking out and seeing a sourpuss. <laughs> you know, in Jeremiah it says, don't be afraid of their faces. And you help me, brother. You're not like doubting Thomas, are you? I'm kidding. I know you're not. I'm just joking. <laughs> What's in you? Love. Mm-hmm. If I could leave you with anything today, I want you to know what's in you. <clears throat> what's in you, young man? Mm-hmm. See, I do this with my people. And so they stay ready. He might ask me what's in me. What's in me? Uh, what did he say? Uh, was I paying attention? Well, what, did he, what did he say? Honey, what did he say? <laughs> no, I feel if I engage the crowd more, they take it home with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Verse 11 of the same chapter. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected in us. Who wrote this book? Mm -hmm. He was the only disciple who got a hold of this love to the measure he did. Of all the disciples, they all died a martyr's death, even Paul. I want you to see this. The emperor Domitian tried to kill John along with other Christians. He got to the point where he was so fed up with John that he, he had his soldiers put John in a boiling cauldron of oil. Like a big pot. And John came out unharmed. I like fried chicken. If one drop of grease hits me. Ooh, shoo. Honey, how bad do you want that chicken? He was put in the grease. Love kept him. So I think the man is worthy of me reading his book over and over again because I think he learned something. When he was 105 years old, he preached his last sermon. In church history stuff, I've studied it. Two men held him up as he preached because he was old. And, and all he said this whole sermon was love. Love. He was encouraging the people in what he learned. Where did he learn it? Watching Jesus. They come to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Judas walks up to him and kisses him. He says, Judas, is it with the kiss that you betray the Son of Man? <clears throat> Peter being Peter, an, out, an outgoing loudmouth, tries to cut off the servant's head and the servant turned his head and all Peter got was his ear and Jesus bent down grabbed his ear and put it back on my gosh you know I think Jesus can run my life if he can do that so he said Peter put away your sword because he that lives by the sword shall die by it now listen what did he say He who lives by the sword shall die by it. Now, stay with me. Why do most young rappers in hip-hop music die young? Because they live by the sword. Living by the sword is living violently. That violence will show up later in your life and take you out. It's the truth. Tupac, whoever, any... Rapper, you can name a die too young. Who else is there? Come on, y'all. Y'all heard hip hop before. Tell me. <laughs> Thank you. Who else? Yeah, easy. 
back when I had my record deal to do secular songs, I knew him. He wanted me to play keyboard on one of his songs, but it never happened for every reason. But yeah, he died young. Who else? Or is that all? <clears throat> but he who lives by the sword, guns, violence, <clears throat> against the police. If they defunded the police, your home would be empty. People would break in steel and overpower you. No, don't defund the police. Give me more of them. Because most are good men. And if I use my faith, I will never encounter a bad one. <clears throat> so I tell my sons, he who lives by the sword shall die by it. Watch who you emulate or want to copy. See, when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to emulate the pastors I had. I wanted to get myself a shirt and tie and slacks because I so respected them because they were giving me the words of life. Words that I would have, words that I would listen to and put into my life and practice and have long life. Now, years ago, I had a recording contract to do seven, seven secular records. And the three people I admired most in music are all dead now. And I've outlived all three of them. Whitney Houston, Prince, and Michael Jackson. They're all dead. I'm 58. Michael Jackson died when he was 51, Prince 57, and Whitney 49. <clears throat> God had nothing to do with them dying young. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Whitney died at 49 because she left the church to sing for the world and kept going downstream that way and lived that lifestyle when they killed her young. Because you see her being interviewed by Oprah or someone, Oprah's so confused. There is only one way to heaven, no matter what Oprah says. <clears throat> but I saw Whitney Houston being interviewed by Oprah, and Whitney Houston said, well, Oprah asked her, who do you love? She said, my Lord. So I know she's in heaven. I have to hope against hope that Michael Jackson's there in Prince. I doubt it. Because you must be born again. The Bible says, what good does it does a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? All right. <clears throat> Verse 16 of chapter 4. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. For God is, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Wow. And God in Him. You're never alone. God's in you. The kingdom's in you. His love's in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. Jesus is in you. Angels are around you. You're never alone. <clears throat> you know, parents, let me encourage you. Bring your kids to church. Keep doing that. Yeah, Even if they lay on the floor under the chair. <laughs> that's right. You know who was doing that when they got called to ministry? Oral Roberts. Was laying under the chair. And his mom, will, his mom or grandma were probably saying, son, get up, get up. But God was calling him. Bring them to the atmosphere of church where that anointing can reach them. Our oldest daughter, Megan, graduated Bible school, Pastor Nancy School. I was an instructor there for two years before we left to start our church, and I still go back and teach every year. But our next child is Connor. He's going. 
and they want to go. If you ask Dylan where he's going to go after school, oh, Bible school. If you ask, ask Logan and Lauren where they're going after school, Bible school, where did they learn that? The house of God. Parenting is not hard. Just bring your kids to church. And parents, you got to come too. Don't drop them off and you go somewhere else. See, I was raised Catholic and my dad did that. He would drop us off in church. We'd come back to the Chrysler he drove. He'd be drinking the beer, reading the racing form. What you're doing is preaching louder than what you're saying. Don't forget that. <clears throat> and one time, my brother Michael and I, I have to keep track of what time it is. Oh, it's only 10 after 11? All right. I have two more hours. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> one day, my brother Michael and I were playing hooky from church because my mom would sit in the baby room with my sister. And I wasn't getting nothing out of that. You know why? There's no light there. I never saw no one get saved in the Catholic Church. Never. Anybody, any former Catholics there besides me? Raise your hands like you're proud of it. <clears throat> Did you learn anything? Mm -hmm. It's the same ritual. The only thing that changed is the 15-minute homiletical short so-called sermon the priest would give, but the rest was stand up, kneel down, bow down, genuflect, holy water, by the sign of the cross. And you thought you're okay, and you'd go to confession. I used to make up stuff because I was just went to confession last week. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, my son say five Our Fathers and ten Hail Marys. Now, <clears throat> the, Our, the, the, the Lord's Prayer to Our Father is in the Bible. The Hail Mary is not. Why am I praying more Hail Marys than a Bible yeah. scripture? Uh -huh. <clears throat> you, don't, you don't learn in the Catholic Church. By grace are you saved. Through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. I mean, that's crystal clear. I have family that are prideful Catholics. I was born a Catholic and I'll die one. And you'll go straight to hell. That, if I could tell them the truth. Because unless you're born again, Satan clouds that born again message. He pulls out a fog machine to obscure the door. The door is Jesus. You must be born again. Yeah, that's right. it's, most, it's the easiest thing you've ever done. Believe in your heart that God and Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. <clears throat> Why did he go to the cross with my sin? He rose from the dead for my justification. And if I believe and lay down my pride and receive him as Savior. See, he's the Savior, not my works. I receive him as Savior. I'm born again. Why would anybody not want to do that? <clears throat> I was witnessing to someone recently, and uh, they'd say they were born again, then they weren't sure. Well, sir, we can fix that right now. I can lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart right now. It would take 30 seconds, but he wouldn't do that. Finally, he's saying, oh, pastor, I already got him. I'm thinking, no, you don't. <laughs> if my wife said, Trevor, I'm not sure if you're saved, let me lead you in a sinner's prayer, I'd gladly pray it. Yeah. Got no problem. Lord, come into my heart. Believe me, die for my sins. I need you as Savior. I'm born again now. Thank you, Father. Yeah. But no, he's, he, he wasn't born again. Anybody know people like that? Mm -hmm. All right, let me get back on my message. <clears throat> you guys are pulling, it's helping me. What verse did I just read? Verse 16. 
Verse 17, here is our love made perfect. Ooh, wow, my love can be made perfect. As your, have you gotten there yet? No. But I'm on the road. Yeah. On the road again. Yeah. <clears throat> I just can't wait to get on the road again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> there is no fear in love. Well, verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. Wow, what a challenge. As he is. So as he is should be my goal. It'll be a lifetime goal. As he is. This is giving birth to bumper stickers. What would Jesus do? Well, he wouldn't speed down the freeway, sir. He'd use his blinker. He'd obey the laws of a land, but let's get off that. And you as a believer, you shouldn't be driving down the freeway with a lead foot. Now, Dr. Dufresne used to say, you mentioned their kids, their money, or their weight. And you get a holy hush. I want to add a fourth one. You mention how they drive. They get a holy hush every time. You hear, you hear the, the quietness swept over this place? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm leaving soon, so don't worry. You'll be all right. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth not is made perfect in love. Oh, goodness. That's the second time it said that. Made, made perfect in love. <clears throat> People go to college to, to perfect, to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever they go to. <clears throat> but the Bible tells us where to be made perfect in love. Right. You know why the early church walked in such miraculous power in the book of Acts? It's because they had such a flow of the love of God. It got to the point, <clears throat> people were selling their houses, their cars, well, it didn't happen then, but lands, and bringing the money to the apostles' feet to have them redistribute to those in need in the church. I've never had a church service like that. Because the church is not there yet. How does faith work? Mm -hmm. So we should hear more sermons about love. Because I can preach faith to you until your faith couldn't move a mountain. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, if, you're, you, if you have faith to move mountains but have not love, you're nothing. Raise your hand if you want to be nothing in the kingdom. Raise your hand. I'll come pray for you. No, you want to be someone in the kingdom of God can use, right? Amen. Well, work on your love walk. On how you treat people. See, people should feel better after talking to you. People should not encounter your flesh whenever they talk to you. If that's the case, if you come to church and people are like, Oh, I was coming over here, getting away from you. No, there's something that you need to work on. And you can do it. Love is in you. If it's not, you're not born again. We know we've passed from death to life, the new birth, because we love the brethren. We don't criticize. We don't gossip, gossip about. Right. See, people are safe that know me when they're not, they're not around me. In other words, I'm not running my mouth about them. Right. I catch myself. I zip that real quick, man. I need my faith working. Yeah. 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 My wife and I, we have to believe for our own home bills plus a church building. And so I need my faith working. So I set myself to walk in love before people do something 
to cause me to not want to walk in love towards them, I've already decided I'm going to walk in love towards them. You know, people will leave a pastor over the silliest stuff. We had one family that wouldn't stay with us when we first started our church. Because we didn't have a strong, powerful youth department. Well, in Matthew verse chapter 9, verse 37, it says they were scattered as sheep having no youth pastor or, or pastor. And there, there is no such thing as a youth pastor or a children's pastor. If you're a pastor, you can stand up here and teach the word. That's the ministry that helps. That's my opinion. But they left because we didn't have something for the youth different than what's happening in here. But what your teenagers need more than that is the pastor's anointing to help them. If any man say, I love God, verse 20, if any man say, I love God, and has and hates his, hates his brother, <coughs> what does the Bible say you are? I didn't call you that the Bible did. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> For he that loveth not his brother, whom he can, who he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So the, measure, the measuring rod is how much do you love your brother or your sister or your mama or your mother-in-law, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your father-in-law. You can love them. Now, your flesh won't always want to. Recently, my wife reminded me that I could talk to someone and love them even though they weren't showing fruit of, fruit of the new nature. My flesh didn't want to hear that, but she was right. You know, guys, your wife is always right, <laughs> even when she's wrong. <laughs> Did you say which is right? Which is rare. <clears throat> Verse 21, in this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God also, loveth God, love his brother also. You have to love me, Jesus said. Man, Pastor Marcus brought this Pastor Trevor guy, and I just, ugh. I wanted to slap him. Talking about how to love people. He don't know all those people I know. I know my own people. And I have to love them. You want your faith to work? Yeah, you want answers to prayer? You want that money to actually show up? You want that healing power to work in your body? Well, you have to love. <clears throat> yeah. So you have to work on you. You know, Brother Hagen, who taught us faith, he worked more on his love walk than his faith walk. Do people know you're a Christian before you tell them? They are watching your conduct. <clears throat> don't let don't let don't let them say you're what? <laughs> don't you shouldn't shock them when you say you're a Christian. Yeah. They should say, "Oh, I figured that. Oh, I knew there was something." By the way, you talk to them or treat people yeah. by the things you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be cussing. It's Ephesians chapter 4, let no corrupt communication proceed 
out of your mouth. Who did Paul write that to? The Ephesian church. Born again, spiritual people. They were taught by the Apostle Paul himself, and they're cussing out in the streets. I know you've never done that since you got born again, so I'm talking to the wrong crowd. <clears throat> mm -hmm. See, we, we have to put all these things away. Ephesians chapter 4 said, put off the old man. I'm not wearing him anymore. Put on the new man. I'm wearing him now. I hear a song in that. Put off the old man. Don't wear him anymore. Put on the new man. Wear him. This morning I woke up in my what I slept in, and I put on this suit. See, that's what your, your new nature is. It's like a nice suit or a nice dress, ladies, or a nice skirt or whatever it is you like. Put on the new man. You have to do that. <clears throat> Raise your hand if an angel has ever showed up and dressed you in the morning. Do I see a show? Anybody raising their hand? <clears throat> well, the same way they don't dress you in natural clothes, you, they don't come and make you put on a new man. You put him on. I had a lady in my church, I, had a, I was working on her, her bad attitude. She didn't know it, but I go to scripture like, put on the new man, put off the old man. And every now and then I'd glance to see if she's listening. Put on the, put on the new man. What does he look like? Love, patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, goodness, self-control. You have self-control. So you didn't have to tell that person off. No matter how you want to tell the tale, you had self-control in you. I had a loved one tell me off for 10 minutes. I just stood there and tried to keep a pleasant look on my face and prayed in the spirit quietly, like this. He wasn't even aware of what I was doing because he was so upset. And when he was done, I responded with two or three kind words and left. I didn't have to get in my car and repent. Now, I hope he did. He, he's done that twice to me, but has never repented. See, how you treat people doesn't count on whether they repented to you. You do right and love them and show love to them. In Luke 17, let's go there. <clears throat> what time do y'all usually finish, Miss Sophia? Okay. Hey, Jen, can you get my shake out of your purse my drink <clears throat> I need some energy I'm preaching for a while thank you Luke 17 Jen take that mic and read this verse please oh Read 1 through uh, 7. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Mm -hmm. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. Okay. Let me, let me comment on verse 2. Read verse 2 again. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. All right. Let me say something about that verse. <clears throat> All these drag queens wanting to teach kids. Read that verse. 
It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. See, that's what they have to face. <clears throat> it's better for them if a millstone was tied around their neck and they were cast into the, the sea than what God has for them. Think about that. God takes what you, how you treat kids. Very important. So it's better for a drag queen to what? It were better for him that a millstone were mm -hmm. hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea mm -hmm. than that he should offend one of these little ones. See, they're leading little ones the wrong way. Yeah. And God's saying, unless you repent, it'll be better for you if a millstone was cast around your neck and you were tossed into the sea. What they're going to counter from the wrath of God is worse than that. See, no one gets away with anything, no. including those who do you wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Keep going, please. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. All right, let's stop there. Your new nature is capable of forgiving someone that many times in a day. But if it's, a, if it's the same person, just get away from them. I mean, if I'm around you so much that you can offend me in that same thing 400 times and I haven't left your presence yet. Something's wrong with me. But he's showing you the cape of what your new nature is capable of. Because no... okay. At this point, Jesus is the only person alive that has his spirit lit with eternal, eternal life. But Jesus was preaching at a time when no one else was born again or saved or had God's nature. So he's talking really about the future, what man would be available, would have, would have at his disposal and what a person could do after he went to the cross to pay the price for sin. Right. Everybody with me? Yes. That you'd be able to forgive right. someone 400 and if they yes. trespass against you 490 times in a 24-hour period. Now, it doesn't mean that 491 times you can let them have it. <laughs> you keep loving <clears throat> Let me get back to John the Apostle. I have to work on closing up here. <clears throat> John the Apostle saw Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I was here, but I got sidetracked. In the Garden of Gethsemane, John saw Jesus <clears throat> dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees and the high priests that came to arrest him. <clears throat> Judas kisses him on the cheek. And Jesus said, Judas, is it with the kiss that you betrayed the Son of Man? How many of you saw The Passion of the Christ? Yeah, yeah. powerful movie. Yeah. I hear Mel Gibson's met, making a resurrection movie. I can't tell if Mel is born again or not. I think he's not. But I think the Spirit is drawing him. Yeah. So believe God with me that he gets born again and makes heaven. <clears throat> they came to arrest Jesus. Peter cuts off the guy's ear. Jesus puts the ear back on. And the disciples, the, the, the ones coming to arrest Jesus, he says to them, Who, whom do you seek? Right. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Right. He said, I am he. And they all fell backwards. What knocked them down? Love. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we can have faith for that kind of power keeping us until we finish our course. Right. Right. I am he. And they fell down. Yeah. <clears throat> 
What are you, a child of God, and the love of God's in you? God's power, it says in, in 1 Peter, we are kept by the power of God. See, God's power kept Jesus and dealt with those coming to arrest him until he laid down his life, and then he let them take him. He was preaching on a hilltop by a cliff, and they came to throw him off, and he walked right through the midst of them. They couldn't touch him because love kept him. It wasn't time for him to die yet. And John saw all that. John was at the cross, and he heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Peter wasn't there. Bartholomew and Philip weren't there. Matthias wasn't there. Mark wasn't there. Luke wasn't there. Matthew wasn't there. Fear got the best of them. But John was there at the cross with the Lord. So John saw the power of God keep Jesus. Everybody with me? I'm almost, almost done. So when John, when the emperor Domitian tried to kill him, the reason he was successful at walking in love is he paid attention, he made that commandment his own, and decided he was going to live it. And so the devil couldn't take him out. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you're put in boiling oil and it can't kill you or harm you, you know something about love. Church history also tells us the church made a chalice after this event, a, a cup with a what symbol on it? With a serpent symbol on it. Recounting how John, they tried to poison John, but it couldn't kill him. See, when your love works, all these things the Bible promises you will keep you. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Mm. Right. Mark chapter 15 is my last scripture. 16. Mark 16. Verse 15. <clears throat> Go ye into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe him. In my name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. All these signs are supernatural. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover you know, Satan knows that passage, and he wants none of them working for you. And so he endeavors to keep you or get you in strife and offense yeah. and envying. Right. Amen. Yeah. Anything to keep you from walking in, who, walking in love, letting who you are flow out. See, who are you? Love. love. What's in you? Love. Let it flow out. Yeah. Let it take the lead. When you encounter me, you encounter patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, self-control. You can control what your flesh does. You can control that. You control how you respond. Here's a statement I heard someone make. It's so true. You remember it. Your attitude determines your altitude. No one can stop you from reaching your destiny. You can. See, what God has for me, no one can take away from me. It will all come to me as I stay my course and walk in love. See, Satan tried to trip me up decades ago. But now I'm looking back, and the things that the, what Satan said were going to happen didn't happen. The people who I thought were in my way weren't in my way. Right. See, no one can get in your way when God has something for you. Yes. Yes. Only you can get in your way. Yes. 
And if you don't walk in love, you'll get in your own way. Stay teachable. Your pastors have an anointing to teach you that a regular believer doesn't have. Years ago, I'm talking 20 years ago, I listened to, to a man too much at the church, at the very church I was at, say things against them, and I got confused for a short time. See, some, Satan could bring somebody to this church who's wrong, yeah. but will want to get your ear. And it'll be clever. They'll praise you, applaud you, and then want to sneak in a jab at the pastor. Yeah, right. See, get away from people like that. I don't care who they are. Yes. Yes. Amen. Paul, Paul said, mark those who cause divisions among yes. you. Yes. Mark them. Yeah. Come on up here, honey. Let's stand up together. Miss Sophia, can you play on a keyboard, please? Let's all lift our hands and worship. Glory, worship your Father. Oh, but I come up. I'll send that by